for those of you preparing or those of you who may be open to prepare, I want you to carefully consider three things as you're preparing. The seed, the soil, and the season. That's the name of our talk today. The seed, the soil, and the season. Say it with me. The seed, the soil, and the season. Number one, the seed. Consider with me that everything, look at your neighbor and help them understand what everything means. Everything created by God was only created once. Because everything God made, he made with a seed inside of itself. So God created once, then looked at everything he created and said, now you create. By using the seed that I put in you when I created you. So what is a seed? Let's define it. It is the God-given power to create more of what God created once. There's all kind of trees you could plant. But if you decided you wanted an orchard of peach trees, you take you a bunch of peach seeds and you've got you an orchard of peach trees. What you did is you created by your own will, by your decision, you created a lot more of what God created. This is, this is the principle behind every vineyard you see or when you're driving and you see the rows of corn and cabbage and crops. This is the principle. The farmer knows that the system works. He knows God created it once and he knows that he can go and take a seed from that which is something he's expecting, something that's like what he wants to produce and he knows he can sow as much of it as he wants and create in an open field more of what God created one time. That's what a seed is, both naturally and spiritually. As this principle is in the natural, so it is in the spirit. 1 Corinthians 15, 46 says, the spiritual things did not come first, but the natural. And after that, the spiritual. Now, after that doesn't mean that it happened later, After that refers to the model or refers to the pathology following the same thing. So the spiritual world is a mystery to us who live on the earth. It's a great mystery. But the Lord gives us clues in how spiritual things work. He says, look at the natural world I created. And the things in the spirit follow the pattern of things in the natural. So in the natural, if I want a whole orchard of orange trees, I got to go get me an orange seed. And I got to multiply as many seeds as I want to create trees. And I can create what I'm expecting with the seed inside what God created. If it works like that in the natural, 1 Corinthians 15 says, it works the same way in the spiritual. When you are dealing with a seed, you are dealing with something that is powerful and creative. It has the ability to create based off what it is named. Everybody say, name your seed. 
So sowing seed into the kingdom of God is your power to create more of what God originally created. Galatians 6, 7, I love this scripture, says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. Whatsoever a person sows, that shall they also reap. In other words, Paul is just letting the church at Galatia know the system still works. You will never sow an orange seed and get an apple tree. You will never sow a watermelon seed and get a tomato because the system was created by God to reproduce after what was sown into it. And if it works in the natural, it works in the spirit. So he's not mocked. In other words, the system's not going to be broken. If, if it is sown, you will reap back what you sow. And a lot of people, they use that, they use that so negatively, you know. They use that, they, you know how they use that? They use that like the saying, what comes around goes around. You know, somebody's mad at you, something you did, and they, they try to spite you and just tell you, all right, you're going to get yours. You know, what goes around comes around. That's not what the Bible's talking about there. He's underlining a, a New Testament spiritual principle that the system works. The system of seed, time, and harvest, the system of reaping what was sown, it works if you have faith in and confidence in enough to work the system. Look at somebody say, the system works. Now, if you're taking notes, this is a humdinger right here. The primary nature of a seed, what is it? It's hope. The nature of a seed is hope. Whether you're talking about an apple seed or you're talking about a seed that you're sowing, believing God for a breakthrough in your life, the nature of a seed is hope. Because you're standing there with this apple seed, and it don't look like a tree, and it certainly don't look like an apple. But, I mean, really, this is amazing. I mean, it's a miracle. Think about a, an apple seed. It's, it's amazing that you can hold it in your hand, and you know it's not what it can be yet. But you have the hope that there's a tree with apples inside this thing. That is amazing in the natural, and it's amazing in the spirit. It's, it, it's amazing to me to consider that the, the doctors I needed for my boy, the, the healing of brain tissue that I needed for my son, all of the things, the therapist that I needed that would work for him for three years. I didn't know none of these people at the time. I didn't have any connections with brain surgeons. I didn't have any connections with occupational therapists and speech therapists. I didn't know where he was going to go to school and the type of learning environment that he would be in. But God knew all of that. God could see the tree and the fruit when I was standing here on Resurrection Sunday that weekend. They told me he was going to die and all I had was a seed in my hand. My harvest, which I'm still receiving from today, eight years later. Okay, you know, you plant an apple seed, you're going to be getting apples off that thing for a long time once it comes into harvest. 
I'm still picking apples off that harvest, okay? Because down, down to everything to where we would end up getting a home and even where my son would be going to school, the, the, the teachers that have been assigned to him, it's not normal. It's supernatural. The principal and the time she takes for him and the, the ridiculous favoritism that he gets at that school. I mean, just all kind of little things. Uh, don't look at me like that. Favor ain't fair. I got it. Don't be mad. I got it. I just got it. But... All of those things, all of those things were, were inside that little seed that, that, that money in my pocket, uh, it, it didn't look like the best healthcare team, okay? It didn't look like, it didn't look like the answer to a $3 million medical debt that my family would be in. It didn't look like the counseling and the therapy and the different things we would have to have. It didn't look like any of it because an apple seed don't look like an apple tree because it hadn't changed forms yet, okay? But all I had standing there because, you know, when, when the best of medical science says we can't help you, and you've exhausted all your doors, um, there's nothing else to do but have faith in God. And there, are, listen, there are a few times in your life, and I don't wish this on any of you. I hope you always have plenty of options. But there will be times in your life, if you keep living, that there are no natural options. There will be times you need a supernatural miracle from God. There are times you need God to open a door because if God don't do it, it can't be done. Okay. So I was standing there eight years ago with my resurrection seed. Yes, we've been doing it that long and even longer before that. And all I had, I didn't have none of these people's numbers. I didn't have none of this information. All I had in that moment was hope, okay? Because the nature of a seed is hope. Hope that says, I don't know how it's going to work out, but I'm believing that it will. I don't know how things are going to be okay, but I can see in my imagination. I can see in my expectation. I can see in my mind things getting better. And hope is essential in our lives, both naturally and spiritually. You cannot go through life void of hope, especially spiritually. Hope is so important for Christians because do you know that the Bible says all faith is, is the substance of things hoped for, what you want, what you're expecting. And so if hope is the destination, faith becomes the bridge to get from where I am to where I'm hoping to be. But if I'm not hoping to be nowhere, if I'm not hoping for some kind of outcome, then all faith is, is a bridge to nowhere. So hope is essential. That's why when we gave you the resurrection seed envelope, we put a card in there and we encouraged you to name five things that you're praying for and believing for. What a process we call naming your seed, telling your seed what kind of seed it is. 
I, I don't want watermelons if I'm expecting tomatoes. So we name our seed with our prayer requests and we soak our seed in hope, our hope, our specific hope of what we're believing God to do in our lives. Now, I want you to consider this. Hope's greatest example is Jesus Christ, our Savior. Think about it with me. He was beaten, crucified. He died, and he was buried. The circumstances that happened to Jesus made it seem like all hope was totally lost. But... Death was not the final for Jesus because he was his father's seed. Again, a seed by nature is hopeful. By itself, it doesn't look like much, but it's what it holds inside that's powerful. Now, every seed needs something, though. It needs a process of death and burial. If a seed is buried, you unlock its potential, and the hope of a harvest is realized by resurrection. I want you to understand, we don't have to study the cross and, and the death and the burial and resurrection of Jesus. We don't have to just study that to be taught about the resurrection. All we have to study is back in Genesis when he talked about seed, time, and harvest. Do you know resurrection is the process God uses to turn an acorn into an oak tree? A, a seed falls into the ground. It's put under pressure. The outer encasement dies. There's a death so that the inner life and potential and hope can resurrect up out of the ground in a new form. That's the same thing that happened to Jesus Christ. There was a death. There was a burial. The outer shell, his body was torn apart, crushed, Isaiah said. But then he rose again in new life. He rose again in resurrection. But, but he needed the death and he needed the burial in order to have a resurrection. Every seed has to have it. And if you've been walking through a season that feels like it's going to bury you, do not give up hope. It's dark for a seed. There's pressure on a seed. There's some things on the outside that break apart for a seed. But if you have been buried in a tough, tight, dark place, it only gives the power of your potential the exact environment it needs to cause you to spring forth in a new form. This is what I came to tell you this morning. If Christians go through dark, hard, 
depressing places. It is not like anybody else in the world facing those circumstances because the seed of the word of God is down in our spirit and truth be told, a seed needs the darkness. A seed needs the pressure. A seed needs to feel like it's going to fall apart sometimes. A seed needs the dirt to be piled on. A seed needs for it to look like there is no hope because that's when transformation can happen. And I want to tell you the thing that you feel like is destroying you is actually helping you turn into a harvest that you've never seen before. The health conditions, the financial conditions, the family pressure, the pressure on your job, the pressure is doing to you what the ground does to a seed. It helps it turn from one form into another. I came to remind you, you got potential in you. You got power in you. You got God's word in you. You've got seed in you. And what God put in you is not just what you see now. When we look at you now, we're looking at you in seed form. But I got orchards in me. I got fruit in me. I got trees in me. I got branches in me. I got leaves in me. I've got more in me than what you see. And because of my faith, my God makes all things work together for my good. Because of my faith, the nights I stay up crying are working for my good. My enemies that plot against me are working for my good. Those things that break my heart are working for my good. Because when the shell of the seed is broken, new life starts to spill out and new life is coming to your situation. New life is coming to your family. New life is coming to your health. New life is coming to your circumstance because the system works. Whether you're talking about lemon seeds or pecan seeds, whatever you're talking about, or whether you're talking about the seed that's down inside of you. Jesus said, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, tiniest seed there is is a mustard seed. But Jesus said, when it comes to harvest, it'll move that mountain that's in your way. Why? Because the system works. And so death was not final for Jesus because Jesus himself was a seed. You want New Testament for that? Paul said he was the first fruits of the resurrection and the first fruits of many brethren. What's first fruits? It's the first seed that transforms and, and, and bursts out of the ground. It's the first yield of a crop. When you're going to harvest, the first fruits are the seeds that came up and changed first. That's what the apostle called Jesus. So Jesus was a seed. Now, if he was a seed, that means he had to be sown. Okay. A seed on the shelf won't do you any good. You got to be willing, because you're expecting a harvest, you got to be willing to throw it down in the ground. 
understand this great misconception that so many people make this time of year when they're doing documentaries on Easter and you'll see it on different news channels and whatever, all the real story of Jesus and all this crud. <laughs> understand something. Jesus was not killed by the Roman government. He was not. Jesus was not killed by the Jews. Jesus was not killed because of Judas' decision to betray him. Jesus was sacrificed and sown by the Father. Okay. Isaiah said, Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem or we did see him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. Human beings couldn't have killed Jesus. Do you remember when they came and they tried to lay hands on him and grab him and throw him off a cliff? And when they, when they grabbed onto him, he just passed right through him? Okay. You remember when he walked on the water and told the thunder to shut up? He was still sleeping. And you think a Roman cross and a, and a spear did him in? No. Jesus was sacrificed by the Father. Because the Father, he's a good Father. And he wanted what all good fathers want when they're separated from their kids. He wanted to get his family back. See, we all belong to God. David said, it is he that has made us and not we ourselves. But we fell away from God through sin. Sin separated us, not just mentally, not just spiritually. Sin separated us by nature from our God. And we've been apart from him since the fall of man. We are born into sin, born apart from him. And God looked at all of his family that was separated. See, God sees you before you are in time because God is eternal. So God looked in eternity looking at time. He could see everyone that would ever be. And God saw the separation. And the father said, I want my family back. Or I want a harvest. I want a great harvest. But I've made this system, and the system works. And in order to get a great harvest, I've got to be willing to sow a great seed. And so God the Father sowed his only begotten son so that whoever would believe on him would not perish but have everlasting life. I want to, I want to give you this concept just a second. If you are saved this morning, if you have been born again by expressing and confessing your faith in the Lord Jesus, if you have believed in your heart and confessed with your mouth, if you are filled with the Spirit, if you are walking with God, if you feel God's presence, do you know what you are? You are part of the harvest. God the Father is still receiving because of the seed he sowed of his Son. The system does work.
All right, so that's, that's the seed. Now let's talk about the soil. Everybody say the soil. When you're, when you're going to sow a seed and it's a good seed, you also have to consider the soil that you're sowing into. Because there's all different types of soil. Any farmer, any gardener will tell you different soils will have different impacts and effects on what you can grow. Some soil is more alkaline. Some is more acidic. Uh, certain things don't grow well in certain soils. You got to study the characteristics of the soil that you're sowing into to know what the seed will be able to produce out of it, okay? So I've identified three primary characteristics, three primary attributes of the soil of the kingdom of God. This is not the soil of the stock market. This is not the soil of a real estate investment. This is not the, the soil of a uh, digital currency, okay? This is not that. But there are three unique attributes, unique only to the kingdom of God, that are in the soil of the church of Jesus Christ, the body of Christ, and his kingdom. I'll give them to you quickly. The three are increase, multiplication, and miracles. These are three attributes of the soil of the kingdom of God. Increase, say it. Increase. Say it like you had a double espresso. Increase. Because that's what's about to happen in your life where there's been lack, where there's been not enough, where there's been struggle. Increase is about to explode in your life in harvest form. I'm not just talking about spiritual increase. I'm talking about natural increase, stuff you can see, stuff you can measure, stuff you can count. Increase, primary characteristic. Number two, multiplication. And number three, miracles. Let's look at increase first. Isaiah 9, 7 talks about the kingdom, the government of Jesus Christ. And he says, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. They're saying there's a food shortage coming. Because, because one of the largest exported products of Ukraine is the wheat harvest. A lot of the world gets their wheat and it originates from Ukraine. Well, there's a bunch of dead bodies in that wheat field today. And so they're not going to be exporting the wheat harvest. And they're saying price on wheat and wheat-related products could skyrocket. And it could cause shortages. And it might for other people. But I do not live in an environment of shortage. I do not live in an environment of lack. I do not live in an environment of decrease. I live in a kingdom of increase. And he said, and of the increase, there will be no end. So that means if the kingdoms of this world decrease, 
This kingdom we're living in pays no attention to the decrease happening around us. The kingdom we're living in is a kingdom that month by month, year by year, decade by decade, century by century, only keeps on increasing and expanding. That's the first characteristic of the soil. You are living in a kingdom of increase. Don't buy into and throw down your faith because of the news reports happening all over the world. I've told you all during the pandemic that if you stood strong in faith, God would take care of you, and he did. Now I'll tell you when they're threatening more shortages, the same God that got us through 2020, 2021, and 2022 will carry us through whatever comes. They said, well, there might be World War III. The first thing God told Abraham, he said, I will be your shield and your exceeding great reward. The world can throw whatever they want to at us. We will not be shaken. We will not be moved. Our foot will not slip because we live in a kingdom of increase. Somebody holler, increase. Number two, multiplication. I don't have time to regale you with the specifics of the law first mentioned. Let's suffice to say that when something is mentioned first, it's very important in the scripture. There's an entire theological course built around the law of first mention. What happens first matters deeply because it sets the precedent for how it's going to go. And it sets the precedent, more importantly, for the character of God. If you really want to know the character of God, look at all of the firsts that he did in the scripture. That's good. Woo! So, first miracle Jesus performs. We're on number two, multiplication. First miracle Jesus performs. You would think he would start his ministry raising somebody from the dead. You'd think he'd start his ministry opening up blinded eyes to let everybody know my primary thing is I'm the light of the world. You'd think he'd start his ministry, you know, healing the lepers, letting everybody know I came to cleanse the disease and to clean the spots off of your soul. You, all of those would have been great ways to start. But Jesus started his ministry at a party. I got a feeling that tonight's going to be a... He started his ministry at a party. He started his ministry at a wild party. Because the research said this party had been going on for six days. Anytime you've been partying for six days, I don't, I don't know if you've ever partied for six straight days. Don't raise your hand. I don't want to know. But I mean six straight days. And into this wild party, come Jesus. And, and they're celebrating, they're partying because there's a wedding. And, you know, they've been drinking for six days and they ran out of wine, as you should, when you've been drinking for six days. 
And they ran out of wine and they came to Jesus. Jesus said, what's that got to do with me? You know, you drank all the wine, go home. But, but his mama pressed him on it. And the Bible says the first miracle your Savior and mine performed was a miracle of multiplication. Because they had all run out and he turned six water pots of water into the best wine, better than any that they had had the six days before. Okay. That's the first miracle. Don't get caught up on the wine. Get caught up on the multiplication. The first miracle was he looked at somebody who had ran out and said, because I'm here with you. Oh, Jesus. He said, because I'm here with you, you're not going to know what it feels like to run out because I'm here with you. You're not going to know what it feels like to tell everybody you don't have no more because I'm here with you. I will cause multiplication to happen in the place that you've just run out. It's a primary characteristic. It's a primary attribute of the soil of the kingdom of God. And might I remind you to add on to the point that Jesus is preaching to 5,000 men, not counting women and children, probably 15,000 people. Everybody's hungry. They said, do you want us to go buy some food? He said, how many loaves and fish you got? We got five loaves, two fish. Here it is again. He feeds 15,000 people with five pieces of bread and two fish. Why? Because multiplication is germane to the soil of the kingdom of God. Interestingly enough to note, the miracle with the bread and the fish and feeding the masses did not happen once. Jesus did it twice. As if to add an exclamation point, he wants his people to know, I will multiply the things in your life. I will multiply. I'll take your little and turn it into a lot. I'll take your not enough and turn it into more than enough. He is the God of multiplication. Abraham called him Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who is my provider and my provision. Another translation said, God who is more than enough. You must remember, ladies and gentlemen, he is not just a suffering Savior that died on the cross. He is the God of more than enough. He is the God that don't need anything but himself to give you whatsoever things you desire. Multiplication is in the soil's DNA. I'd give God praise right there. Yes, I would. I'd give God praise right there. I'd give God praise right there. I wouldn't let lack and fear and debt and all of those negative things choke me. I'd give God praise right there. Paul said, my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory. What you talking about, Paul? He's a multiplier. Oh, I said he's a multiplier. Throw up your hands and say, multiply me. Or say it like a church, say, multiply me. Say it like a preacher. Push somebody and say, multiply me. Number three, soil characteristic. 
There's a characteristic of miracles in the kingdom of God. The Christian faith is a faith that is inseparable from supernatural miracles. I'll remind you that Jesus made a blind man see. Jesus made a lame man walk. Jesus made a deaf man hear. Jesus made a dead man live. Jesus worked a wonder for a woman who had an issue of blood. She touched his clothes and immediately was made well. Jesus delivered the daughter of the Syrophoenician woman woman when she came and said I'll just take a crumb from your ministry I'll just take a crumb from this soil I just take a crumb of the kingdom I ain't got to have the whole loaf I take a crumb and she was delivered Jesus walked on water Jesus called the storm Jesus is a miracle worker I wish I had 10 people that knew what he was. I wish I had 10 people that had experienced his power. I wish I had five people that's ever seen it with your own eyes, experienced in your own life, that Jesus is a miracle worker. Push your neighbor and say, neighbor, oh neighbor, he's a miracle worker that right where you are, reach down and give your God thanksgiving and praise because he's a miracle. He's a miracle. He's a miracle. Whatever you need, he's a miracle worker. Whatever you're going through, he's a miracle worker. If you're sick in your body, he's a miracle worker. If you have any lack, he's a miracle worker this don't make no sense is part of our vernacular this don't make no sense is part of our communication because if you've been walking with Jesus for just a little while I know you've seen some things that just don't make no sense you're doing your budget and you're adding the columns and you had more month than you had money but some kind of way who am I preaching to I said some kind of way Jesus, the miracle worker, stepped in and made the difference. There's people in here that have had a sick baby. The doctors tried to help. There was no solution. But you called on Jesus, the miracle worker, the miracle worker, the miracle worker. There's some of us that made bad decisions got ourselves in trouble that we deserved got in it so bad it's gonna take a miracle to get us out and we said God I know I ain't worthy I know I don't deserve it but if you'll have mercy this one time and give me a miracle I'll give you the praise for the rest of my life I'm talking about the miracle worker the miracle worker Where's the miracles? He worked for you. Where's the miracles? He worked for you. 
Where's the doors? He opened for you the miracle. You can't all say this, but I can. I know I wouldn't be here right now if it wasn't for a miracle. Now, if it ain't you, if it ain't you, don't do it. But if you're standing in this building and know you wouldn't be alive right now unless God worked a miracle, I want you to go touch five people and say, this is what a miracle feels like. This is what a miracle feels like. This is what a miracle. This is what a miracle feels like. This is what a miracle feels like. And now, this is what a praise. This is what a dance. This is what a thank you, Jesus. Oh, yes. A miracle should have been dead long time ago. Should have lost my family. Should have lost my mind. Should have lost my hope. Should have lost it all. I'm a miracle. They told Sheila right there on the second row. She'd never be a mama, but she got kids running around all over here because Jesus is a miracle worker. They told Veronica she'd never have kids. They told Alfredo back there in the back he'd never have kids, but he's holding one of them right now because Jesus is a miracle. He's a miracle worker. He's a miracle worker. He's a miracle worker. a second to think about it because if you ever really start thinking about all of the all the miracles all the this don't make no sense I shouldn't be here I shouldn't have this it's just a it's a miracle it's powerful when you consider it. It stirs your very being when you think about it. That Jesus is a miracle worker. Miracle worker. 
And if you need a miracle this morning, you stepped into the right kingdom. This is a kingdom where miracles are native to the soil. I said it's native to the soil. I said it's a part of the components of the, of the soil. And so when you see some of us crazy people lifting our hands, when you hear us talking out of turn and screaming loud, when you hear us singing off key, don't get mad at us. We can't help it every time we think about where we were. Some of us just blessed with real good memories. We remember where we were when the miracle worker, the miracle worker, If you remember where you were, lift your hands, open up your mouth, and give him glory in this room right now. Open up your hands. Open them up to heaven. Now open up your mouth. Now open up your spirit and let songs and praise and words of thanksgiving come out before God. I remember. giving somebody an opportunity to go back in your mind. Oh, from my heart I say, Creator, you Lord. Oh, when I think back over my life, I say, Creator, you Lord. When I consider all you brought me through, I say, Creator, you Lord. I know it's your breath, our lungs. So we pour out our praise, pour out our praise. It's your breath, our lungs. So we pour out our praise. We say as a church, great are you, great. We lift up our hands as a family. We say, Creator, you Lord. With all our hearts, we say again,
one more time. Create. Oh, I feel you, Holy Ghost. We say, oh, great. Miracles. Miracles are in the soil. Now, I didn't intend to take us here, but but the reason it feels the way it feels and people are responding the way they're responding is because they know the system works. So, seed. I told you what it was. Soil. What are the characteristics? Increase, multiplication, and miracles right seed come on say it seed soil season what season is it what season is it we know as believers it's the Passover season it's the season where God first delivered the Jews out of Egyptian bondage all those thousands of years ago and he told them to get a lamb for every house. We also know that thousands of years later, during the Feast of Passover, that Jesus was arrested, beaten, crucified, died, and then rose from the grave. We also know that this is the time when the first harvest crop was prepared. It's the, the time, the, the spring, where you first see all of the dead brown grass that looks hopeless like it'll never return, turn into green pastures and produce flowers. It's where you see trees that have looked dead all winter begin to sprout new life again. For someone in this room, you have looked dead all winter. You've looked dead all winter the leaves of your personality and your physical strength and maybe your finances and, and maybe your relationship they all fallen off and you've looked dead and bare all winter your spring is coming new life is coming to you and you'll see the visible signs of it in your branches in the branches of your life it's the season seed soil season now, our, our ushers and, and elders, we're going to do this really quick. I've, I explained this last week. I explained it again. I explained it again today. If you don't have a resurrection seat envelope, or if you weren't here last week, raise your hand. If you don't have one, there, there's, there's people all through. All through. There's some people upstairs that need them. Go ahead and pass them out. Great art. You, Lord, we'll just worship till y'all get through. Oh, we say, great. We got them on this side, too, that need them. We say, great. Great are you, 
Hallelujah. Have we served everyone? If you still don't have one, will you wave at me? Will you wave at me so I can see if you still don't have one? Amen. I think we may have got everybody. Is that everybody? Amen. Anybody else need one? Would you wave? Okay. Listen, please stand because service is over. What we're doing is we're, we're taking, we've been for several weeks, but we're, we're taking the very best seed we can gather before April the 15th, 16th, and 17th. We're taking the very best we can gather. Many of us are doing one week's income, but all of us are doing our very best. And we're putting it in that. You do not bring that envelope today and don't bring it before uh, Passover weekend. Keep it with you. Put it in your Bible. Put it in a place where you pray. If you'll open it, you'll see inside of it a, a prayer request card. This is, this is our hope card. This is what we're believing for. This is the destinations that we're hoping to get to, and we're using our faith as a bridge. Please fill that out and pray over it. And then when you bring your resurrection seed, our whole team is going to pray and come into agreement with you concerning your requests. So gather the very best seeds you can. Aim for that sacrificial goal of your very possible best, which is one week's income. And then bring it in faith and in hope Easter weekend. And we're going to believe God and know and stand in confidence that the system works. Everybody say seed, soil, season. Seed, soil, season. The system works. Father, in the name of Jesus, for every person in this room, I pray they feel your anointing. I pray they feel your peace. I pray they see and sense the beauty of this offering that we take time to prepare for you to honor you for giving your best. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for what he did for us by dying on Calvary's cross. And Father, thank you for being willing to give your best so that we could be saved. Thank you for your sacrifice, which is incomprehensible. A father laying down the life of his only begotten son. But you did it for us and we thank you. And we love you, God. We appreciate what was done for us. And Lord, out of that appreciation, we want to bless your kingdom. We want to sow into the soil of your kingdom where the gospel is preached, where people are fed and ministered to both naturally and spiritually so that the cause of Christ, the body of Christ, can go forward and do great things. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to partner with you in that. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. God bless you. If you have an offering or something you'd like to give today, if the word ministered to you and you just feel to do it, you can do that now. If you're holding everything for Resurrection Seed, I understand that too. If you're watching online, the Lord bless you. Thank you for taking time with us today. We plead the blood of Jesus over all of you, over your families, over your future. We ask God guide you and give you grace on your way. In Jesus' name we pray. God bless you, Christian world. Hey! Let's be a family Wednesday night. Let's be a family next Sunday. Let's be a family. Not just have a family. Let's be a family.